Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. If you're a marketer, you know that questions about emerging technologies seem to pop up daily. What can blockchain do beyond cryptocurrency? What's the difference between machine learning and AI? How effective is influencer marketing technology? To help you navigate these topics, enroll in the Institute for Brand Marketing, a complimentary program for marketers developed in collaboration between IBM Watson Advertising and Adweek. Don't miss our first course on advanced marketing technologies, where you can learn skills that help you advance. Together, we'll explore the next wave of marketing disruption and help you learn how to apply today's cutting-edge technologies to your everyday business challenges. Don't miss this opportunity. Get started today at adweek.com IBM. That's adweek.com IBM. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek. Uh, with me as she is each week is Kamiko McCoy, our social editor and co-host of the podcast. Kamiko, great to have you back. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I've been going with that joke all Yeah, I've been heard that a couple times. <laughs> Oh, topical political humor. I love it. Uh, we've also got uh, Nick Gardner. Now, Nick, you were on uh, one other episode very recently uh, here, but not with me. So we were saying before the show started that doesn't count. Yeah. It's only official. Now I get the full experience. Nick, is the, uh, Nick Gardner is the video editor and producer here at Adweek. He is also the host of our Gen ZEO podcast. Uh, I'm sure that will come up a few times, but Nick, give us a quick plug uh, about what the Gen ZEO podcast is all about. Yeah, so on the Gen ZEO's podcast, we feature young uh, Gen Z age marketing and business leaders, talk about their stories and how they're seeing the future of marketing. Awesome. Well, thank you for making time for us. We're going to be talking about young influentials who are often in the Gen Z range, and uh, I believe at least one of them you've actually had on the podcast. So we will we will definitely be getting to that. Uh, we've also got first first time, right, Co? This is your first time on the show? Woohoo! Yeah, we got Co M. Uh, Co, tell us about you are somewhat new uh, to the Adweek team. Uh, tell us what you do here. I am the departments editor, which means I oversee departments. What are departments? Um... <laughs> such a, it's, not it's, the it's such star. like a <laughs> such a magazine. It's such like a, it really I, I love like is. It really dumb is. journalism terms. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So tell us the kind of stuff you edit. Yeah. Um, well, I oversee most of the back sections of our lovely print magazine, um, which is also an ad because <laughs> everything's an ad. Um, and yeah, and pl- plug that magazine exactly. And then you know help with um, some of our our big initiatives, um, such as young influentials and video. Nice. So working with Nick and. Um, also, social video, so working with Kamiko. So it's all in the family here. Now, you are, uh, not to put you on the spot, you're a pretty fascinating person. Uh, you are a yoga instructor, correct? That is correct. But I am not Gen Z, and I am not a young influential. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're you're influential in our newsroom already. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been great having you on. Co has very quickly become, uh, you know, a really uh, fascinating addition to the staff. So thank you, and thanks for making time for us uh, this week because we've got a fun discussion. First, we're going to be talking about holiday ads, which are, in fairness, mostly British uh, because that is – 
you know, I always say it's the British Super Bowl, right? Is that they, there's no real equivalent of the Super Bowl. Um, some might disagree, but in, uh, in, in really most other countries, really anywhere, uh, the biggest, I think, parallel would be the holiday season in Britain, which obviously goes on quite a bit longer than one day. It is two months, and in this case, sometimes even longer than two months. And uh, man, we just get some amazing ads out of uh, Britain and out of a few other markets, sometimes America, sometimes Spain and a few other places, but usually British. So we're going to be talking about a few of our favorites so far. Then we're going to be talking about who we picked for this year's Young Influentials, who are featured in our print magazine this week. But uh, first, let's, let's ring in the holiday season. All right. So uh, I, I picked a few here that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one, I guess we can start here, because this is kind of the most highly anticipated uh, honestly, maybe the most highly anticipated ad of the year, period, like in the whole ad industry. I can't really think of another equivalent of this. Uh, John Lewis, uh, which is a retailer in Britain, uh, and this year they partnered with uh, their sister company, Waitrose, uh, which is a grocer. Uh, and they put out an ad together instead of putting out separate ads. Uh, so you may remember last year they did um, the Elton John Boy, Boy in the Piano uh, spot which was absolutely lovely, one of my favorite ads of the year, kind of looking retrospective of Elton John's, not just his career, but all the way back to his childhood of getting his first piano uh, and a really lovely spot. They, these ads are almost always, I believe, always made by Adam and Eve DDB, uh, the agency in London. And uh, they've done quite a few others that are are memorable and, and beloved. My absolute favorite being Monty the Penguin. I don't know if you guys, do you guys remember that one at all? Anybody remember that? I do. I do very vaguely remember it. That was an older one, though, right? Like that was maybe well, five, four or five years ago. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're a Gen CEO, then yes, it was old. But yeah, it was like uh, 2015. <laughs> OK, <laughs> but but no, it's um, it's it was either 2014, 2015. But yeah, that's my that's my all time favorite about a boy and his uh, his best friend who is a penguin. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It is still one of my favorite ads of all time. And uh, John Lewis really turned it into kind of a phenomenon, like Monty the Penguin became a stuffed animal and a storybook and all this other stuff. And and so they've gotten really good at that. This year, we've got uh, Excitable Edgar is the star of uh, this year's ad. He is a dragon, little cute dragon, and uh, he breathes fire, as dragons are uh, want to do, and uh, and that makes him somewhat problematic. Uh, we you know we see him in the spot. Uh, he is best friends with a little girl. It's, it's in like a medieval era, I guess you would say, and um, he is friends with this girl who is a baker across the street. Uh, maybe that's the most true to the medieval era is that like a nine-year-old would have a job. <laughs> it's An like apprenticeship. A baker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, putting them to work. And, uh, and she's kind of across the road from the dragon and they, you know, they're friends and hang out. But everywhere he goes, he accidentally sets fire to everything, including the village Christmas tree. Um, and... Uh, if you want to watch it, maybe now you can pause the podcast uh, before I spoil the ending for you, if, if there's such a thing as spoiling an ad. Um, but uh, in the end, and I don't know if Americans will necessarily get this um, because it's just not a thing here. Uh, but in the end, he walks in uh, to the big Christmas celebration. Everyone's like nervously looking at him. And then he breathes fire onto the Christmas pudding and lights it on fire, which it's a standard part of the British uh, Christmas dinner feast. We've seen it in several of these British holiday ads. I don't, guys, we don't have that here, right? We don't have flaming puddings. No, I wasn't. A holiday I wasn't even sure that's what that was, but now I know. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like a brown ball, right? Like you see it. And if you don't have that context of a Christmas pudding, but uh, if you watch pretty much any other holiday ad from the UK where they show like a big uh, smorgasbord of, of holiday food, there's always like one burning uh, round pudding kind of in there because it's dramatic looking. Is that where uh, so uh, he, figgy pudding comes from? Uh, I mean, I think figgy pudding is different. Oh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're all manner of puddings. Um, the I believe there's a whole episode of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Gastropod, has a whole episode about puddings uh, that's really good and very informative. One of the hosts is British. Uh, I learned a lot about <laughs> about that. So, so uh, yeah, definitely check out that one if you're into more food. But I'm curious, what did you guys think of this year's John Lewis ad? Edgar is my spirit animal. I mean, <laughs> if I was a dragon, I would get excited and blaze fire on everything. Um, I, I thought it was very sweet. Um, obviously, a little bit different of a target demo than um, the Elton John ad, per se. Um, but, you know, it had all the, the, the elements. It felt like, you know, 
a little clip of a medieval movie meets Shrek or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was beautifully shot and and visually it was amazing. Um, you feel really empathetic for this poor little dragon um, as he's just you know trying to enjoy the holiday season with everyone. Um, so it's something that everyone I feel like can connect to. Yeah, I'm gonna echo my uh, my pals here sentiments. I too am Edgar, um, <laughs> lighting things on fire everywhere I go, um, whether it be uh, figgy pudding, banana pudding, Christmas pudding, <laughs> all the puddings on fire. I think it was really well done, um, but to it for me, it doesn't top the John, um, the Elton John ad. Like that made me tear up a little bit. Yeah, and and the Elton John one, we did a video uh, interview with. Um, if you check out our article about the new John Lewis ad, I included this interview at the bottom, but we talked to the Adam and Eve DDB uh, creative chief at Can Lions this year and just asked him about the the, John, the Elton John ad. And he said it like it broke all of their uh, John Lewis rules, like that they have basically two rules, which is that, you know, it has to tell a story and it and it can't be about, you know, a real a real person. Like it needs to be a fantastical story. And this was like the true story of Elton John. And so in the and at first they were like, ah, this concept just does not because I mean it's weird. Like you look back at all John Lewis's other ads and they're very much here's a fictional character, usually adorable. There was Maz the monster, there was that boxer, um, I've already forgotten the name of, like bouncing around on trampoline. Uh, you know, they all, that's just kind of their shtick. Last year they took a little break from that. Um, they also did another uh, ad kind of in partnership with Waitrose last year, earlier in the year, about uh, kids performing Bohemian Rhapsody at a um, at a school uh, pageant. Um, so, you know, they've – yeah, um, I think this felt like a return to form. Um, I've watched it like twice. I doubt I'll watch it again. Right. Uh, versus like Monty the Penguin maybe like 40 times. <laughs> like, and, uh, and you know, one of the ads we're going to talk about in a minute, I've probably watched 25 times already. Yes. Uh, and this one, I was just kind of like, it's cute. It's cute. But then I just kind of moved on. And, and I feel like the social buzz has been, you know, uh, my favorite tweet about it was like, someone said, are we just going to ignore the fact that he sets fire to like seven children in one scene? <laughs> he, like, he like spins around on the ice breathing fire. <laughs> Yeah, I was worried about that. I was like, oh, oh, they're like hip deep in frozen water. (laughs) Thank goodness. It's like he burned the ground, but somehow did not torch the children. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. He's very, um, but uh, yeah, it was was cute. I I can't say it really overwhelming. But let's talk about our uh, reader favorite. Uh, for sure, and my personal favorite, uh, there is a catalog called Argos uh, from Britain. We don't really have an equivalent of that here yet again. Uh, no real like American catalogs to speak of uh, beyond IKEA. You know, I don't know. There's not really a thing. There's not a catalog. This is like the catalog I'm told that British families give to their kids to like make their wish list from, and things like that. We. Uh, you know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like we really have an equivalent of that. The only equivalent would say- be like if there was a children's version of Oprah Magazine's, you know, Christmas list, like favorite things. Yeah, I, I think I give my kid like the Target, you know, circular <laughs> or some equivalent. I'm just like, I don't know. Let's see if this helps you. Um, but uh, they have been around for many decades. And they this year their ad uh, is um, – about a dad looking through the catalog, and he finds something. He finds a, a children's drum kit, and uh, he starts to, I, I guess, fantasize, and like it becomes the the ad becomes his uh, imagination about what will happen if he gets this drum kit. Uh, and then what's great is it goes in some different directions. Let's, even though there's not really dialogue, let's listen to the um, the the very beginning here just to give you a sense of the music. It's a track that. I'm going to go out on them and guess everyone will recognize uh, from some point in their childhood. So let's give a listen to just the beginning of that one.
So yes, we've got Don't You Forget About Me uh, by Simple Minds, best known in America as the the song from Breakfast Club. Um, but in Britain, I'm told by the creators of the ad, it's not as tied because, you know, Simple Minds is a Scottish band. It's, so it's not like they don't necessarily think of the song as being the song from Breakfast Club. Um, but uh, it's, you know, what's great is they, so they told me that the reason that they settled on that ad and they went through uh, uh, through the, you know, on the song, they went through a lot of songs, a lot of songs. And they were just like, we need to find one. They were listening to music from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. They're like, what would this dad imagine rocking out to with this drum kit? And the song has to be drum forward, right? Cause he's got to start with the drum. And that's tough. Cause there's not a lot of songs that, that lead in with a drum. Uh, and then it also has to be what what song would be from when he was younger, you know, would remind him of his glory days, but not be so overused and tired uh, by now that people would be like, Ugh, that song. And Don't You Forget About Me by um, Simple Minds, probably a pretty good fit. What did, uh, oh, and, you know, I should note since uh, you can't really see the ad on the podcast, what he pictures is his daughter coming downstairs and seeing the drum kit. And then a second drum kit appears uh, and they start uh, playing together. And then at first you think, oh, they're, she, she's not going to know how to play. But it turns out she can play amazingly because it is Nandy Bushell, who is a nine-year-old drumming phenomenon from London, uh, who has been in, a, I think, I think at least one other ad. She's played with Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> she's got a, she, when, when I wrote the article, she had 40,000 Instagram followers. She now has 125,000 Instagram followers. Uh, so this ad has really blown up uh, for her as, as this kind of, uh, you know, digital superstar uh, at nine years old, uh, which is amazing. What did you guys think of this one? When I first saw this, I was like, did my dad make this ad? <laughs> my dad is a drummer, very adamant about it. Um, he has at least three sets of drums. It's insane. Um, so there was my college tuition um, in our basement. Um, <laughs> but I think it was it was well done, um, you know. If there was ever a holiday ad, like I, I would have a hard time being a marketer and trying to come up with a holiday ad that included, like, a catalog. Like, how do you make a catalog fun? But they hit the nail right on the head here. Yeah, they really made the catalog come alive. In fact, I was wondering if the bear that um, is later in a mosh pit jamming out with, you know, the father-daughter drumming duo um, is in the catalog. I'm, I'm assuming so. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting, um, David, when you spoke with the creators, too, about how they came about in kind of flipping the script and, you know, how do you start with the dad first and end up with the family? And, um, you know, in the end, you just create a very memorable, um, feel-good moment that that really does want you to open the catalog. Yeah, it just keeps getting better and better, uh, just like from from when it starts and, and things just, you know, just continue to top each other. Um, it reminded me a lot of the with the moving parts of the house from the Apple ad um, for the HomePod a while ago. I don't know if you yeah, felt the same way. Welcome, yeah. welcome home. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- this ad has I'm, it has digital effects. I'm sure to kind of like you know tie it all together, but it is overwhelmingly a practical effects ad. So like Welcome Home that you're talking about that Spike Jones directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the set expands manually. They were telling me it's literally just dudes with ropes. You know, pulling the walls back. <laughs> I would love to see a behind the scenes of this one. Yeah. And they, you know, just even the little stories of what I asked him, I was like, oh, you know, so so what were some of the challenges of this ad? And it's never the thing you necessarily think it's going to be um, like the one big challenge on the front end was finding a, a, a young drummer uh, who was young enough and looked like you would think, oh, she can't really play. And then you would be shocked and you could tell drumming, you can't fake drumming, right? Uh, and so they needed someone that would be believably awesome and they sweated it for a while and then they found her kind of right in their own backyard. Uh, the, I, I will say, uh, I don't think I pointed out in the story, uh, but the, the dad is also a professional drummer, as you can probably tell his name's Omar, Adi, uh, Omar Abidi. Uh, he is the drummer for a band called fight star in the UK. Um, so both of them are, you know, it feels weird to call a nine-year-old a professional drummer, uh, but, uh, you know, she's definitely a professional caliber drummer. And so once they found her, then the challenges were really just syncing the audio. And this is a nerdy podcast about advertising, so I feel like we can nerd out about stuff like this. But, you know, basically, it's a music video, but they're not lip syncing or lip play. I don't know what you call it. You know, they're not just like 
miming the sounds of the, the ad. They're playing drums and they're playing new drum beats that are not in the song. So to do that, they had to match the sound of the drums with the sound, not only of the drums in the original Simple Mind song, but with the studio itself that Simple Minds recorded in. Like they had to make sure that the audio uh, that they were recording custom for this spot. And there's a scene where the little girl slides down the banister right when the guitar is doing this weird like kind of neck like and then she lands right on the beat. Um, and they were like, that was not easy. and so it was it was that it was these sync issues of just getting the audio to work perfectly where you don't notice it you don't think about it because they nailed it and so you just you don't really even even think about all the challenge that went into that um but it it was certainly a hell of a spot Uh, when we wrote about it i was just like oh it's a cool ad i like it our readers have uh, gone nuts Mm -hmm. about this story uh it has been our most shared story of the year it has been our most read story of the year I am still, it's one of those, you can always tell when a story really blows up because I start getting tagged on Facebook by people who have not seen me in like 15 years. And they're like, oh, I was reading this and then realized I know this guy. <laughs> you know, That's when you know a story is really tipped over outside of just the ad nerd <laughs> crowd. But uh, excellent, getting, excellent spot. And it's getting attention outside the UK. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is uh, the agency behind that is the AND partnership. Uh, so real huge congrats to them on a stellar ad. Uh, let's talk one last one. Uh, this one's got some better audio uh, in terms of uh, kind of working better for a podcast. So we'll listen to a little bit of this one. But this is IKEA's first UK holiday ad. IKEA has certainly done holiday ads um, in different markets, but they've never kind of jumped into this intimidating world of uh, UK holiday ads. They partnered with Mother London, who is certainly one of the best agencies on earth. Um, they do all the stuff for KFC in the UK, uh, do, you know, just typically do some really phenomenal work. Uh, and so they, they created a very, I would say a very mother, uh, kind of Christmas ad. It is not about children or happiness or about like, uh, you know, the, the love of your fellow human beings at the holiday time. It is an ad about looking around when Christmas is coming and realizing your apartment is so crappy and in such bad shape that you are not fit to host anyone, uh, much less an entire holiday party. So it it opens on a couple sitting in their apartment looking around, and they notice that they start to notice little problems, uh, cracking the wall or just junk everywhere and some older furnishings. And their insecurities about that manifest as little um, decorations and toys singing to them. So they uh, IKEA used a track from an artist named MCDEE, where he is. Uh, it is is a I'm told a grime. Uh, track uh, to the genre of music that's really kind of blowing up out of London. and uh, But he's basically kind of rapping about uh, how their apartment is in bad shape. And it's pretty great. The lyrics are pretty fantastic. And you just, if you haven't watched the ad, you just kind of have to picture uh, all of this is coming from toys and weird little decorations and knickknacks around their house, all just chewing them out about what bad shape their apartment's in. Uh, the ad is called Silence the Critics. Let's give it a listen. I must confess, this place ain't blessed. This place is a mess. Disgusting. But the but, but, no, you don't deserve no guests. No. In here, in here, I don't want to lay down or rest. Are you crazy? That crack in the wall needs addressing. The state of the floor is just depressing. Man. This table's older than the pyramid. It's older? At least it's younger than the mirror is. I I really like this spot. I mean, I liked the um I love the track. Like the to me the ad is mostly just that it's a great excuse to have this track of just shredding your own apartment. Uh and in the end of course the the point is supposed to be that don't don't stress about it. Just go buy like a few $5 things at IKEA, uh cover up the cracks, um re- you know, gussy up a few things, maybe add new uh I don't know, a throw over your couch. And mission accomplished. You know, the, the point is not you need a bigger apartment. Uh, you, you need to buy 500 new pieces of furniture. It's just like, eh, you know, tuck it up a bit. Uh, what do you guys think of this one? I have mixed feelings about this because it made me feel stressful that it was, you know, it, it starts with the premise that your apartment is bad, right? Yeah. So, um I appreciated that it stood out, and it's kind of weird, right? Because normally, when you see things kind of animated, 
um, or CGI. They're not talking. They're like doing it on their own, like Toy Story. They're not. They they these, you know, toys that tell the 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 family that your apartment is not so superb for hosting. Um, they actually talk to them, and the mom looks like aghast on the couch. Right. Um, I, I appreciate that it was different, and I and I admired you know the music. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like it was like I I'm kind of ambivalent about it. But I also learned that in the UK you say IKEA IKEA, and it should have been silence the critters. No, because you know those were critters that were talking to them. So it's like now I'm gonna have nightmares about like my lamp turning to me and being like, your studio isn't good enough. Um. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I I definitely think yeah it was it was really strong um it was made by the track like you said um but i think it kind of lost me like halfway through um i guess i don't know if it was just the repetitiveness or or what but that is a good point you made co about how you know it starts off with like this bad premise that like you're so it leaves you with like a stressful feeling almost in a way that like you need to go fix up your apartment um but i guess it does give you you know a realistic and simple solution for that so there's that yeah um, I mean, I see I see what the end goal here was, you know, buy things from Ikea that are going to fix your apartment. But um, I do not like inanimate objects talking to me. Um, <laughs> if anything, that becomes my number one concern versus the crack in the wall. But it was an OK ad. I, I like Kamiko's like every time it happens. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you all bring up a, a really salient point, which is that um, – Christmas ads generally, uh, now it's not to say they're always super happy. There's sometimes a conflict. Uh, I mean, excitable Edgar, right? Like the whole town is ready to, to drive him out, um, basically, because he keeps burning everything. Uh, the Sainsbury's uh, uh, ad this year, that's a grocer, and I think the second largest grocer in, uh, in Britain. They do a great ad every year, typically. And theirs was kind of a downer this year about a, a kid who's like a chimney sweep who gets accused, falsely accused of stealing, of uh, shoplifting, and and like the, someone wants to burn him alive. They end wow. up banishing him in, into the snows. <laughs> like like so, it's not to say that ads are always uh, happy. They just they typically have this arc of like maybe a conflict, and then at the end, it's heartwarming and everyone comes together. This one is just like the the end is your apartment is just less crappy, and like. Now you can finally have people over. I think it's a. I think it's a, tr- a real insight. You can kind of see where they came at it from, and they very intentionally went the opposite direction of what most advertisers are going to do. Um, right. But it's. But at the same time, yeah, they're playing off a stress that. You know, and in the end, I don't know if the message comes across great. That it's like, don't let it stress you out. I think in the end, it kind of does stress you out, and it's just like, but you can somewhat affordably buy your way out of the stress. <laughs> well, I, 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 and and I think they, it would have been maybe more um, powerful for me if it was just like, you can just buy this one thing that transforms your your crappy apartment versus you have to put all these things up on the wall to cover all the cracks and um, also these cute little reindeer, which I would buy, to put on your table but um, maybe it would have would have just been like that one dining table to actually be a good host. That's like all you need. But you know, IKEA is trying to sell you multiple things. So let's be real. <laughs> and uh, Mother London, uh, you know, again is a fascinating agency. Uh, they're very, uh, you know, edgy. I would say in a certain way, um, like they made my favorite KFC ad of all time. No offense to Widen and Kennedy, which has done uh, many, many thousands of KFC ads over the years. But they made an ad for when for KFC in the UK, where it is just chickens strutting around really dramatically while it plays X Gonna Give It To You by <laughs> by DMX. And it is one of my favorite ads of all time. And <laughs> the response is like, it's live chickens, right? It's like real chickens. And, um, and the response from a lot of people is like, I don't think I want to eat the chicken now. Like that chicken's real cool. <laughs> They're like Myrna. <laughs> yeah, and and there's like, yeah, man, you're eating chicken. That's what a chicken looks like. Now let's cook it and eat it. <laughs> and so there's a certain, I would say, maybe a practicality to Mother's sense of humor, uh, where it's just kind of like, eh, you know, that's life. 
you know, cool chickens, you eat them. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're I would say mostly known these days for their KFC work, and then also um, they did the Rang Tan. If any of you remember that uh, about rang, the orangutan in a girl's bedroom uh, last year, uh, that was ended up being it was a Greenpeace ad that ended up being adopted by Iceland Foods as their holiday ad. Um, and and really did a lot to I think advance discussions about palm oil and um, but it was quite charming so they they can they certainly can do the uh, the heartwarming thing uh, and so I, this was a very intentional choice to go the other way but all right well I encourage everyone check it out we've got all these and many 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 more holiday ads on our site so check out adweek.com check out the creativity section or wherever you'll find all sorts of holiday ads and uh, yeah we got we got to move on we got a lot more to talk about we're gonna take a quick break. And when we're back, we will talk about Young Influentials for 2019. Now's the time to invest in your inner CMO. Get started today with the Institute for Brand Marketing, a complimentary professional development program designed for brand marketers in collaboration between IBM Watson Advertising and Adweek. In the Institute for Brand Marketing's first course, Advanced Marketing Technologies, you can learn how to apply innovative, cutting-edge technologies such as machine learning, artificial intelligence, and blockchain to your everyday business challenges. Wherever you are in your career, the Institute for Brand Marketing can help you cultivate skills to advance. Get started today at adweek.com slash IBM. That's adweek.com slash IBM. All right, we're back. Uh, we have got one of my favorite lists that we do each year, the Young Influentials. This is our list of, wait, wait, where do we cut them off? 40, 35? Where do we cut off? What, what do we consider young? That's my idea of young. I'm still over it, but yes, I'm okay. I'm okay with saying 40 year olds are young. Um, I, I, I was a, I was a 40 under 40 in my city. You know, it's like every city has those business journals. Um, and my city, both my wife and me and my brother-in-law and like a, a bunch of us have been on there, wow. but it is kind of funny when you, you look around and realize like none of us are under 40. Anymore. <laughs> like, you're, all, you're just like, it, you almost don't want to mention it anymore. Cause it's like. I used to be young. <laughs> I've moved on. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so we cut off at 40. Um, we've had some huge names on the cover uh, in the back, you know, over, in these lists over the years. Uh, we were talking before the show started uh, that one of my favorites was uh, Donald Glover when he was on the cover. I think it was kind of a perfect example of who we like to uh, identify as people who are, you know, there's often celebrities. But Kamiko, how would you describe like the way that we that we blend celebrity with a young influential. Cause you know, you can be a celebrity and not be someone we would really consider a young influential for this list. Oh God. Um, I would say there's like, we do a good job of pulling from different facets, you know? Um, so you're not so heavily reliant on the celebrity as being influencer, especially with the rise of social media and kind of lending itself to, to creating a platform for other people to kind of get their voices out there and, and be shining stars and, and young influencers. So I think we do a really good job of that. And I'm excited for this list to drop and everybody to see those names. Yeah. So it will be live by the time people hear this, I hope, I think. If not, we're going to spoil a lot. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about a few of those. Uh, Co, you let's, um, let's get back to the cover in just a minute because I want to leave time to kind of talk about that and who is on the cover and why. Um, but was there anyone else that jumped out um, before we give that away? Anyone else on the list that you were a big fan of? Yeah, I think um, the SVP of marketing at White Claw, as we know, uh, White Claw was uh, like a huge breakout brand um, growing this year from a marketing standpoint. And then um, you know, other kind of influencers that aren't um, soccer stars like Megan Rapinoe. Um, Cleo Wade has a new book out. She's, you know, one of the – she's called like the Millennial Oprah, for example. Um, and Brian Kelly, the points guy um, who helps people redeem um, rewards uh, to, to see the world and to connect with people. Uh, and, Wait, I'm kind of yeah. shocked that that guy's under 40. I feel like uh, I feel like points guy's been around forever. He must have gotten started young. Oh, yes. And he's very tall. He's 6'5". Uh, we were just in his offices the other day, um, you know, and, and they've, they've grown a lot. Um, his brand has grown a lot. Um, and, and he's still very much true to his mission. And we have some media, uh, social media content, by the way, um, with some of the influentials uh, to drop with the issue. But we also have a bunch of Gen Z um, that, that Nick knows about. <laughs> Nick, our Gen Z whisperer, uh, tell us who on this list uh, jumped out to you. 
Yeah, so we have uh, like celebrities like Lil Nas X, obviously, for his giant year, uh, breakout year, Yara Shahidi, uh, Zendaya. And then we actually have one of uh, the guests that I had on the Gen CEO's podcast, Nick Sharma, who has really, you know, built a career for himself in the DTC space, um, just consulting for companies and helping them grow, built uh, Hint Waters D2C business um, online, and just more recently built out Chacha Macha's uh, D2C business. For people who don't know, that's a very big uh, kind of breakout it's not a coffee shop because they sell matcha, but it's a similar uh, it's a similar drink for those who, who aren't familiar with matcha. But it's big in here in New York City, and I think they have locations in San Francisco and a couple other big cities. Um, so just for his amazing work that he's been doing uh, in that space. Nick, uh, if I want to hear your conversation with Nick Sharma, where can I hear that? Yeah, you can go to basically anywhere. So you're listening to a podcast right now, so I bet you have a podcast player of choice. Um, you just search Gen ZEO's podcast or Gen ZEO's. And uh, it would come up. Yeah, he was the the third episode, I believe, that we released. Um, and since we have now 12 episodes out. And for current or would-be listeners of the Gen CEOs podcast, we are running a survey right now to get feedback from you, what's been working, what hasn't, um, just anything about the show, even if you are listening to it in the first place. Um, and that is available at the top of the page at adweek.com slash Gen ZEOs. All right. Kamiko, uh, who jumped out at you this year? My favorite name on here is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I love her so much. I actually dragged our um, one of our publishing editors here, uh, Sarah Jardy, to go see her one-woman stand-up show with me. Um, totally worth it. Oh, um, man. The fact that she was able to create this entire movement based off of a one-woman show which in 2000, in the 2000s, like, who does that anymore? And turn it into, like, this movement, you know, wrapping all the awkward women out here. I appreciate it. So I'm very happy to see her name um, on that list and excited to see where she goes. I think she just signed a deal with Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken, or Amazon Studios. Probably Amazon Studios. So hopefully, fingers crossed for a Fleabag Season 3. She told us we weren't getting Season 2, and here we are. Here we are. Hot priest and all. Hot priest and all. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when you win, like, the Emmy for Best Comedy, you probably are safe for a third season. Like, <laughs> it feels like pretty good. Or if not that, uh, they won the hot list, uh, best, uh, best, what, hottest comedy from Adweek uh, for 2019. So that probably put them over the top. They'll probably be fine on a third season now that we've given it the nod. Um, but, uh, yeah, Co, are you a Phoebe Waller-Bridge fan? I'm fair, fair warning. The, the correct answer is yes. Oh, <laughs> Can I abstain? <laughs> I, I feel no, like I know. I mean, obviously, we did our research here. Um, I, I, I have. I'm fans of other creators, including Lizzo on our list. Um, even the likes of Sofia Amoroso. I mean, she had a very short-lived, uh, inspired Netflix show. But um, yeah, it's. I'm not as big of a fan as Kamiko is. Now, now, is it because you have not watched her stuff or you've watched it and it's just not your cup of tea? Yeah, I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. Um, my cup of tea is very um, sweet and, um, <laughs> you know, tea, tea for five-year-olds. So <laughs> don't it is not, trust my, yeah, my yeah, it's not. It's not her brand. Um, it is funny, though, like when she comes up, I just tell my kids like, oh, she was the, uh, the robot from Solo. You know, because that's like at least she has one family friendly uh, gig uh, that, you know, kids will recognize her from. But, yeah, Fleabag, you know, as much as I love it and I deeply love it, um, it is certainly not for everybody. And I remember at first I was surprised when it won the Emmy. But then I remembered that Veep has won like every year for the last however many years. Right. And Veep is not for everyone. <laughs> like Veep is a fantastically obscene show. Uh, so it's not like the Emmys. We're making a dramatic departure. I just think it's kind of different for some reason when you make a show that um, I don't know if you'd say like blunt or just what, you know, uh, open minded about uh, things that involve sexuality like it does. It's weird. And so I've recommended it to some <laughs> to some people and they've been like, that's the best show I've ever seen. Thank you for that. And I've recommended it to some people. And they're like, yeah, I I mean, I watched an episode <laughs> and then you're like yeah okay not for yeah i'm in the latter but to to your point you know there are people on this list who have one critical acclaim and there are other people who are really you know making waves in their own ways um that you know maybe not a lot of people know about 
Um, well, on, on that note, let's talk about who's on the cover. Who's on the cover, Co? <laughs> His name is Jay Shetty. All right. Have so I have a feeling. I have a feeling people either will know who he is or not at all. Which I mean, obviously, that's probably every single name on earth you could say that about. But you know what I mean? Is that like he, he's there's this thing called Bader Meinhof phenomenon. You guys know what that is? This like not to get so familiar. Uh, Please do well, tell. Once, once you've heard it, you'll hear it everywhere because that's what Bader Meinhof phenomenon is. Is that once you've heard of something. Like suddenly you notice that it's been all around you for months and you've just never and suddenly it's everywhere. And it's not that it hasn't been everywhere. It's just that once someone points it out, you're like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. I guess I've been seeing that all over the place and I just didn't know it was a thing Uh, like matcha or whatever it is. It's like as soon as (laughs) someone says oat milk is everywhere, you're like, oh, my God, oat milk is everywhere. And so. That is the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And I feel like Jay Shea is one of those. It's like once you've heard the name, you're like, I don't think I know him. And then all of a sudden he comes up five times in conversation in a week. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Is that a fair assessment? Jay Shetty is the oat milk of young influentials, yes. <laughs> that's that's the, the headline on our cover that we didn't run. <laughs> so tell, tell us about Jay Shetty. So um, he he is, as I wrote in our cover story, um, you know, the true definition of what influence is, right? So he is trying to help um, people change their lives as a former monk um, turned storyteller. Um, He has been creating content, uh, wisdom-laden content for, um, you know, in the past decade. And through platforms and the support of Ariana Huffington and this year um, Ellen DeGeneres, he's been able to reach more people. But on his own, he's been also been able to change the um, conversations um, about everyday life for for so many. Um, by the numbers, he has you know two hundred seven thousand Twitter followers, um, twenty five million Facebook fans, four point seven Instagram fo- million Instagram followers. He still takes off you know. 21 days off each year to meditate with the monks. And um, I think he's creating a real impact in a moment that um, when people need to hear about how to, you know, get rid of stress or how to find your purpose. Um, so he, he's definitely um, someone to watch or someone that everyone around you has been watching. Now, we have uh, an exclusive interview here uh, from when you sat down. What can you tell us about what we're going to hear here? This can be uh, several minutes of your conversation with Jay. Anything you want to tee up for us? Yeah, I think what you'll find is that his authenticity and his tone comes off um, in a very uh, um, really thoughtful way. He um, tells us about you know, how he found his own purpose through failures um, of his own and really why he has fallen in love with wisdom. Um, So it was a really lovely, it was one of the loveliest conversations I ever had as a reporter, writer, editor, Um, and and to really see, you know, how um, much work he puts in with intention. All right, let's uh, give that a listen. So this is going to be a, uh, we're going to devote the rest of the show to her conversation, it co's conversation with Jay Shetty. Uh, so uh, here it is. Congratulations, officially. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I'm genuinely so honored and grateful. Thank you so much. A lot of people might not know who you are. I've talked to your friends and they'll say things like, he exudes confidence, He's always been semi-monk-ish. How would you describe yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I think I surprisingly describing myself as an introvert. I love being able to reflect, introspect. I'm someone who's highly intentional in everything I do. I try and be really conscious and present in my work. And I'm also someone who is really here with a with a deep purpose and a mission and that drives every action, thought and behavior in my life. So I'm highly purpose driven, I'd say. Yeah, and I know your mission is to make wisdom go viral, but why? Why wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really believe that if you come across something in life that could improve the life of someone else, you should pass it on. And I think we do that with music. When you like a song, you tell all your friends about it. When you watch a movie you love, you tell all your friends about it. I just happen to have fallen in love with wisdom and I want to tell all my friends about it. So it's this beautiful feeling of seeing something transform your life 
seeing it transform the life of others, why would you not want to give it to everyone? And at the same time, the more I give it, the more I get a chance to grow and realize how much work I need to do. So at the same time as serving others, it's a great way of improving myself because when you're sharing, you're constantly reflecting on, well, how can I improve? How can I be better? How can I be more sincere and authentic and genuine? And so you're almost putting a positive pressure and spotlight onto yourself to grow and to learn. Do you feel pressure? I feel the pressure of wanting to serve and put out the best in the world and I think that that's a good thing because it's it's not coming from a place of how will other people see me or what will other people think it's coming from a place of how do I see myself and do I feel that I've given the best that I can give and that's kind of how I differentiate between negative and positive pressure I think negative pressure is when we're concerned about how we appear to others and positive pressure is when we focus on how we appear to ourselves. Mm-hmm. and that pressure is not based on judgment that pressure is based on the desire to grow and to improve and to learn yeah and I've, I've heard that in your videos about you know not listening to your ego per se um does jay shetty hustle <laughs> we talked about creativity and kind of wanting to give creativity that space do you hustle i mean you have a team now and yeah continuing to grow (laughs) does jay shetty hustle wow what a good question (laughs) how do you define hustle define hustle for me and then i can answer that question i guess it kind of relates to the pressure right like if you do feel a, a rush or when you are creating content or scheduling it or speaking to people um do you feel like you're in the flow? Do you feel like you're working hard? Do you feel like you're working your best? Mm, great question. So when it comes to creating content, I try and give myself space because I think that I actually have a clock on my desk that I write all my scripts on and the clock doesn't work. And I I have that because I want to remind myself that creativity doesn't have any time. That's amazing. And so I actually have a clock on my desk that, that doesn't work. And, and I know it doesn't work. And it's there to always remind me of don't make creativity bound by time. And I think anyone who's a creator today will always get lost in scheduling and getting it right and everything. But I think it's something you have to pull yourself back to. So, yes, of course, there have been times when I'm like, okay, we need to get an episode out. We need to make a video or whatever it is. But then I'm always reminding myself that my best creativity comes from space and stillness where I can explore a new idea or experiment with something new. So I think it's always going to be a give and take. And I don't think anyone's perfect. And so I feel I'm always reminding myself of that and bringing myself back to that. Yeah. Do you draw inspiration from other people I know you're an inspiration to others but who are your kind of role models teachers I know you look at a lot of studies and go back to India and yeah yeah. absolutely so I think I've had a lot of incredible role models people I've met and I haven't met and I really believe that we can all have mentors that we've never met and that's kind of what I love about mentorship so I really feel inspired by the work of Martin Luther King of uh, Gandhi of Steve Jobs of Albert Einstein, four people that I've never met. Uh, I absolutely love the work in the more modern day of people like Oprah and what she's done in the media space. Uh, I feel inspired by so many, you know, just up and coming talents that you see everywhere. So I, I try and look for inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. And I think that's what allows you to be someone who can who can kind of uh, bring those ideas in a way that in a way that is universal and timeless. Because I'm taking inspiration from people from all different backgrounds and all walks of life, therefore the messages I'm sharing can be universally accepted and timeless too, because you're not bounding it by where someone's from or what they've done or achieved. I got fascinated with all of this work in terms of spirituality, philosophy, behavioral science when I was around 18 years old. And so for me, I've been doing this for 14 years. And I've been doing it online for three years. So the three years online seem really fast, but it's the offline that has really fueled the online. And so I was doing this when I had no followers, no subscribers, when I didn't make a penny. It was, this is my heart's work. Like this has been something that I've been so deeply immersed in and fallen in love with that I was doing it for years and years and years and years and years when it didn't have any external gain or goal. And, And I really believe that that's what fuels me the most is that I get to wake up and do what I love every day and I feel really blessed and grateful for that. I think one of the Ellen Tube spots is, you know, sponsored by State Farm. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, how do you kind of approach 
your brand and keeping mm-hmm. the brand as you continue to grow? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's the biggest thing I can say is that don't be afraid of saying no. Like, don't be afraid of saying no. I've said no to far more things than we see today. So I've said yes to much less things. And I think don't be scared of saying no because it's like a little seed that you plant. And it's like you've got to be so careful what you water a seed with and you want to water it right. And so for me, I'm really fortunate that I get to work with amazing partners that thankfully want to work with me because of what I stand for. And so I can be very careful and say, I'm happy to talk about this, but I'm not happy to talk about this. And I think if you're clear on that and you present that and articulate that clearly, then people who want to work with you will work with you. And there will be people who say, well, Jay, this is not really going to work then. And I think we have to become okay with that. We have to be okay with the fact that you have to say no sometimes and people are going to say no to you because it means when you get those yeses, you're going to be able to give your heart to it and and you're going to be able to make it meaningful. And I think it's different when you're starting out. You feel like, oh my God, if I'm saying no to something that I may miss out on something huge. But what I would honestly say is that there are totally bigger things coming. There's a beautiful Arabic proverb that says every delay has a blessing. And I've shared it before and I absolutely love it because I believe that that delay is just preparing you for something bigger. And I think we have to have that faith. We have to have that confidence that if we're truly standing for something, it will get its moment to shine. And if you have that faith and you have that confidence and you have that conviction and you keep watering that seed, then that seed can grow one day into a fruit and and, and help so many other people. All right. Thanks so much for sharing that uh, that interview, Ko. Uh, and definitely encourage everyone to check out uh, Ko's interview, you know, the, her longer story on Jay Shetty on the cover of our Young Influentials edition and available online on adweek.com. Co-M, uh, Department's Editor at Adweek, thanks for joining us. Thank you, and congratulations to all the Young Influentials, and I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Kamiko, always a pleasure. Always happy to be here. And Nick Gartner, host of our Gen CEOs podcast and a video uh, guru here at Adweek. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me, Griner. All right. Uh, our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Chris Ahrens with production assistance by Josh Rios and edited by Lane McGivney. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on Adweek, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. Uh, you can hit us up anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. I'm David Griner for Adweek, and we will be back next week. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.